Welcome to UAB Techno, a podcast about all things technology at UAB. I'm MJ Moon. And I'm Jessica Reed. And we're your hosts from UAB IT. Today is going to be all about technology available at UAB that helps you when you have to work somewhere away from your regular workspace. We have rounded up all of this information on a website for you, and we will keep updating it as new resources become available now and in the future. And that website can be found at go.uab.edu slash remote work. What we're talking about today is not saying that you should go ahead and do these things, but just making you aware of what you have available to you. Make sure that you're following UAB official announcements, policies, and talking with your supervisor about what you can implement into your role. All right, let's get started. The first application that you should be familiar with if you're starting to remote work is Microsoft Office 365. This is an online application and you can access things like Outlook, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and all those other apps. You can download Office 365 on up to five personal devices. Being able to access it easily and for free is really helpful. So that's for all faculty, students, and staff at UAB. And you just did a video series that would help people kind of know the basics, right? Yes. Last month, we finished publishing the Office 365 Basics series. It is a playlist of how-to videos. We kind of walk through the basics of each online app and show you the quickest portals to get there. You can find all of those videos on our IGTV, our Facebook, and our YouTube. Another thing that you really need to be thinking about is file storage. Our team really only deals with public information. So for public and sensitive data, using cloud storage is a great solution. UAB has unlimited box available for all faculty and staff. And then OneDrive is available for all faculty, staff, and students at UAB. And I love cloud storage because I don't have to fumble around with a thumb drive or email myself files, do anything that might not be very secure. So it's just easy to access my information anywhere I go. And I also like that I can search for files as well. I keep all my files in the cloud. The best part about it to me is how easy it is to share things, people in your department or people outside. So you can get a link that people in your folder are only allowed to see, or you can create a link that is available to anyone. So I love to use Box. Box is like my favorite, but you were telling me that through that Office 365 video series, you really kind of found a new love for OneDrive. Is that right? Yeah. So through the series, I kind of realized how integrated OneDrive was. The Office 365 portal pulls all of your Office and Microsoft documents and keeps them all updated in one portal. And OneDrive is a place where you can get shared links and add people to documents. It's really awesome for collaboration and keeping all of your Microsoft files up to date. And I think I could argue the same thing about Box. It's a little bit harder on mobile for me. That's probably my only complaint. But I've installed their Box Drive and it automatically syncs my files. Works really well. So we have two really great solutions that you can use and you can set different permissions for the files that you want to share. 
And when you're on the go, you want to make sure that you are securely connecting to the internet. When you're on campus, we have UAB Secure, which is easy to use there. But do you know the difference between public and private Wi-Fi? When you're at your home and you're connected to your home network and you, it's password protected, that's a private network. But if you're on public Wi-Fi that is not secure or it's a public hotspot, that is a little bit more susceptible to hackers. So when you're using Wi-Fi that's public, we prefer that you connect over VPN at that point. And a VPN is a virtual private network. It's free and available to everyone at UAB. You do need to install some software to be able to use that. I recently had to install a VPN on my device and I was surprised at how simple it was. Once I got to the appropriate resources and followed the user guides, it took me step by step through the process and the install is pretty easy. I was worried about what would happen once I got home and tried to reconnect, but that is just as simple. And when you launch the application, it remembers your information. You have to enter your UAB Blazor ID and password, and then you're right on to the VPN. And there are some programs at UAB that we require you to connect to through a VPN just to ensure that it's a safer connection and that we're protecting the network and all of UAB. If you are trying to access a platform that you normally can do on campus and it won't work, try connecting to the VPN and then accessing that portal and you should be able to get there. Speaking of of security. There are a lot of other things that you want to be aware of. You want to remember to maintain tech security when you're working remotely. Whatever you would do on campus, you're going to want to do in another location as well. And being aware of phishing attempts, which are fake emails where hackers try to interact with you to access UAB's network or steal your information. There's some trending stuff going on right now in phishing, right MJ? Yeah. So hackers are using topical situations like the coronavirus to leverage your attention and get you to fall for their tricks. So they're sending phishing emails and smishing messages and using malicious links and attachments to intrigue potential victims. Rob Farrell, our chief information security officer, shared some great resources that outline these type of attacks. So one of those was an article from Trustwave, and they went through three steps you should consider when you get an email that seems a bit suspicious. So you should be mindful of the steps a message wants you to take. You should make sure your information is reliable by referencing credible resources, and you should check all links by hovering over them before you click. It's important that you know where a link and the information will take you because it could be a malicious site. Well, and whenever I'm wondering if something is real or not, I will just go to my internet browser and type the address of, like if I got a notification from PayPal or my bank, I will go into the browser and type the actual URL in directly instead of clicking the link. And then I can log into my account and see if what the messaging that I got is accurate or not. And most of the time it's not. Like you said with, you mentioned smishing, and that's when you get text messages with that kind of information. So hackers are trying to catch you any way that they can. So just be really aware of those. And if you want to learn more information about how to spot a fish or other general security awareness, please go to uab.edu slash infosec. So last year we rolled out Duo two-factor authentication for all UAB faculty, staff, and students. So what happens with Duo two-factor authentication is when you enter your UAB Blazor ID and password, most sites will then prompt you to approve your login from an additional device. This is something you're probably already really used to. 
it's becoming part of our daily routine. But when you are out of the office, you may not have access to that same device that you have listed. And you can go ahead and add multiple devices. So wherever I am, I will be able to have an option to be able to get those notifications and really authenticate that I am who I say I am, which is the whole point of two-factor. So that is part of what I need to be working on this week to effectively migrate to remote working. I currently don't have an additional device and I recently cracked my phone screen. Going ahead and having a backup I know is really important and shame on me for being an IT employee and not having it, but that's that's what I'm going to put on my task list this week to work toward. Well, really, everything we're talking about today is just stuff that you may not have thought of and how can you prepare for situations? Because once you set it up, it's done and you're ready to go. But if you haven't encountered it before, give yourself some slack. It's okay. <laughs> so just go make sure you get it set up. While you're out of the office, you may still receive phone calls. And UAB sent out some messaging this weekend about the limited business operations across campus. And one of the things that they specified was not forwarding your phone line because that will clog up that resource and instead updating your voicemail messaging. You can do that remotely. And I tested it last night just for you. So how you do that is you will call your office number. And then when your voicemail picks up, you'll just hit star and It'll say enter your ID, which is the last five digits of your phone number, followed by the pound sign. And then it will prompt you through what you need to follow. But you're going to want to go to the setup, which is option four, and then greetings, which is option one. And you can record a message and just say, I'm working out of the office. Here's where you can reach me. A new service that we're also putting out is called Jabber. It is a application that allows you to take your office phone line calls from another device like your computer or cell phone. You can make and receive phone calls and it will show up as your office line and not your cell phone or whatever device you're using. You can learn more about that on our remote working page and make sure that you're able to connect with people by voice as well. The next topic is probably my favorite application that makes remote working so much easier, and that is Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Teams is a hub of collaboration. You could have multiple teams for people or projects. It includes group chat and channels, instant messaging and chat for one or more people. You could have team meetings, which are voice or audio conferencing. Our team had its first team meeting on Microsoft Teams today, and it went beautifully. I think we only had one hiccup with audio, and it was resolved pretty easy. We all were able to use the blur background option, so we were keeping our surroundings professional. And we didn't have to clean. It was great. You just push the button. It hides everything. And with Microsoft Teams, you already have access to that built in with Office 365. So you don't need to request an additional account. You don't have to do any other setup. I love Teams. We use Planner to organize our tasks, which is really helpful. So it does a lot of integrations with other Microsoft products as well as third party products. So if you haven't gotten on board with Teams, now is a really great time while you're trying to collaborate and work with people who are not right in front of you. It's really good for internal to UAB, so people who are on your team. You can also request external collaborator access. If you need to add somebody from the hospital side or outside of UAB, you can go ahead and request that and we'll get you the link to that catalog item where you can make that request. There's also another platform for video conferencing, specifically just for video conferencing, and it's called Zoom. That's free for all of UAB. You do have to request an account if you plan to host any meetings, but if you're going to be joining any, you don't have to have an account for that. And you can send that external, anybody, their email address, 
There is an application that you'll need to download to set up. You'll be able to share screens, have a chat box, and record your sessions. You can join with your computer audio or call in. It's really great. I use it all the time. I think that it's a really good resource when people are not, again, in person. You can still get connected. The first time I joined a Zoom call, I had no idea what I was doing. At first, I was kind of freaking out. It was about 15 minutes before my meeting was starting, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how to use Zoom. Once I clicked the link in the email, I was able to download the application super easy, step by step, and then it automatically launched me into the Zoom meeting. It's super simple to use, especially for guests. And when you join a meeting, you can choose to join video or not. And it also has an enhance your features, kind of um, gives you a little bit of a filter. It does not do the blur background in the same way, but I know there's all sorts of fun things that you can do doing green screen stuff like that. I've seen tons of college students on TikTok ranking their professors by putting themselves in obscure places on Zoom. It's pretty funny. See, I don't know how to do that. There's more to learn. That's great. (laughs) We hope that these resources will help you get comfortable with working in an environment outside of your office, whether that's right now with everything that's going on or in the future, going to a conference, going to a meeting in another location. This is information that will help you in any of those situations. There is some setup involved in these things if you haven't used them already, but we want to make that as easy as possible. So again, we have corralled all that information in our that website, go.uab.edu slash remote work. And MJ and I are actually working on some video tutorials for each of the programs that we mentioned there, giving you at least the basics of how to get started so that if you need additional help, you'll be able to find that there. If you run into any issues at any time, you can always reach out to us go to uab.edu slash techhelp. We have a self-help knowledge base where you can find a lot of different answers or you can submit a service ticket if you need help or need to order anything and we're here for you to help with that. Outside of the technical side of things, I've got a couple of other ideas that I wanted to share. I've got a peer mentor that works at the University of Washington in Seattle, which they have been working remotely for a little bit longer than us, and they had to start with like no notice. I met with her by Zoom to kind of pick her brain about what they've experienced and what things they've learned and how could we relate that to UAB. The biggest thing is people not feeling connected, not being able to know where they get their information. UAB is doing a really great job. They've got one main page where you can go and get all of that information. It's linked at the top of every single UAB website so you can get that information easily, what the official messaging is. But for the services that you normally provide to your customers, what are some ways that you can stay connected with them? If you're getting a lot of questions about how to do certain things, information that you usually would provide in person, how can you address those things? You may consider having some standard office hours through Zoom, talk about questions that you're getting frequently, give those answers or hold a Q&A. However you feel that you need to connect with your customers, that might be something to consider. Another thing is for connecting internally with your teams or with your colleagues, possibly having like a coffee hour for staff to connect, have that face-to-face connection that we're not going to have. MJ, I know you had talked about how you're you were a little bit nervous about working remotely because you love the separation of mm-hmm. your office and work, home life. Is that right? Yeah. I waited until I heard for sure that we were going to be working remotely 
to kind of set up my space. So I made sure last night that my tech was ready. Plugged everything up, making sure everything was was going. I did a lot of research before I started doing this because like you said, I, I was really nervous. So I was the person that was Googling how to work from home. One of the things I found a lot was to continue having a routine. I didn't want to come into this really stressed out about working from home. I would love to be in the office with everyone else. I love seeing my team's face every day, but I know that I can make this work. So also through my research, I saw a lot of people talk about how you should still plan your outfit for the next day and be prepared to go to work. If you wake up in your pajamas, head to your desk and start to work, you'll kind of be in this bit of a funk. For some people, that's not true, but I think I definitely am one of one of those people that would prefer that kind of transition. I did opt for some sweatpants, but maybe later in the week I'll go for a casual dress or something. I think that's one of the perks of working from home, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. If I end up needing to be in a Zoom meeting, I will absolutely change my attire for the day to fit that. It's still important for us to be professional and represent the university in IT, we, quite, we have quite a bit of staff who work remotely all the time. So I reached out to a couple of people today and they kind of had mentioned things that MJ had said about having a routine, making sure that you know what your tasks are, just being organized and communicating well with your supervisor. But one that I hadn't really thought of was from a woman in our office who has been working from home for the past 19 years. And she said the biggest thing is communicating with the people who live in your house, setting expectations and letting them know what's going on. Obviously, right now, things are a little bit different. Schools are out. So it doesn't look the same as what she's necessarily referring to. You know, you mentioned you have a roommate talking about how you guys can make that work together and what your expectations are if you have a call where people need to be really quiet or whatever that is, just communicating well and making sure that you're thinking through those things. I think for me, some of the biggest stuff is that connection. I'm using Teams. I've been sending instant messages to my boss all day. And I think that's something that is really heavy on my mind right now, just personally of how to connect with people when we are so isolated and thinking about what are the positives of this situation and what do I have control of? Yeah, I've realized I've gained a ton of skills. Like I used to do a little bit on our website, but I am much more comfortable with it because of how much I've had to jump in and learn things. Like right this moment, you and I are recording. We're in two different locations. We don't know how to do podcasts. This is our second episode. We really have had to just jump in and figure it out. And I think that's really empowering and giving yourself credit for that is really important. Yeah. So that's going to be really beneficial at the end of all of this. What are some of the things that you can focus on? The things I love is I don't have to commute. I have access to my full kitchen. I can't see out a window at my work. And so my home office has one. I got to hear birds chirping this morning. (laughs) Those are some of the things that I'm really holding on to and thinking about as we kind of go into this unknown territory. I won't sing Frozen's Into the Unknown for you, but (laughs) that's just what went through my head right now. And I can't imagine if we lived in a different age where technology was so different. Working remotely is so easy when you have the resources. Having the advantage to continue my work from home, I know is a privilege. I'm very grateful that we have the technology. We want to make sure there's nothing missing for you to be able to either do your schoolwork or continue your job from home. Let us know if you need any help, and thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time on Techno. UAB Techno is produced by UAB IT Communications and Marketing with Carrie Bean, Jessica Reed, and MJ Moon. Music from Kevin McLeod. <laughs>